Out of Bands Astrology Podcast. This is astrology for the outcasts, people that don't easily belong to cookie-cutter categories. I am Fernanda Paiva. And I am Alejo Lopez. Yay, welcome everyone. Welcome. Um, so, as promised from last week, last episode, this episode we're going to talk about astro excuses. Astro <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> using astrology as an excuse for our shortcomings so um so th- what do you think about that Leo? <laughs> i think it's fantastic that like as a psychological astrologer every time people come with astro excuses i'm like no but you need to think about what this means and all of that but when i make a mistake i immediately come up with well what do you expect <laughs> i have this in my chart what did you expect that i was gonna do <laughs> It's like it's really it's really compelling, isn't it? It's really compelling to say, well, but I'm a I'm a Virgo. What do you think I would do? What did you expect? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the my, my favorite one uh is the Mercury retrograde period. It's Classic. like we believe that three times a year everything goes wrong for three weeks because of Mercury. And it's yeah. a great it's a great excuse to make mistakes and i mean uh, what i'm always thinking is like of course if you have to sign a contract try not to sign it on micro red red blah 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 and all of that of course but then yeah. if it was really 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 true that everything goes wrong for three mm. weeks a year during three like three times in a year for three weeks uh, yeah they are not saying it properly but you know what i mean right so basically yeah. uh, nobody would question astrology so it's not that things go wrong only when Mercury is retrograde. They also go wrong uh, at some other times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's some like really good memes on like Mercury's direct now. You can't blame it on Mercury anymore. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That, that's what happened to me. The, uh, to, today I was sending an email to my class, to one of my classes. Mm-hmm. And I, I was asking them to use one of the charts that the other tutor had introduced. And this mm-hmm. other tutor, his name is Deb. And I'm teaching the same, the same classes with another tutor who's named Kim. So yes. I sent the email and I said, okay, guys, you need to use the chart that Kim introduced in session mm-hmm. four. And it's, it was actually, it's actually Deb who had introduced that chart. <laughs> and, and then Deb, Deb sent me an email, Alejo, no, it's not, you got the wrong name. And I was like, oh God, this is so bad. And I was thinking, and I cannot blame it on Mercury. You know, I have to take responsibility. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn Mercury. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I was thinking about that as well earlier when I was um yeah, thinking about astrological symbolism as <laughs> I do very often. But um I was thinking about how, you know, when you start studying astrology as well, you're so keen that you're just looking uh into symbolic mm. patterns to explain it everything it's like you know i I tripped over in the you know on my way to the bakery and moon was in conjunct to mars (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) i looked at my watch yes i mean yeah like where is the but obviously at the same time we're both astrologers we're both you know professional astrologers and we give consultations we look into transits and we really know that there is something within the symbolism so it's like what you know it's a fine line isn't it is it yeah what is the measure between using it in a disempowering way and you know just giving an excuse to everything and not taking responsibility and how you know what's what separates 
using astrology as an empowering tool from using astrology as a way to keep in the stat- status quo and just giving an excuse and just saying, well, they're exactly. first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if we, if we get like more serious and more deep, I mean, we're talking about all this now, mm-hmm. but it's like when you do a chart, sometimes it becomes very hard when you're speaking with a client to describe mm. the chart without making it sound like, um, you know, this, this line that we're talking about, how much mm. you're responsible for what you're doing and how much, well, this is, this, it's true, this is your given chart. Of course, this is true. But mm. there's, this kind of, there's this kind of risk in uh, ending up saying things. Yeah, yeah, the client ending up leaving the consultation thinking that, uh, well, they cannot do anything else because they have a Saturn opposite their sun. So yeah. what else is to expect of them? Or because they have, I don't know, Venus in Aquarius. So yes, of course, they will never make a commitment in relationships. And it's like, well, is that really what yeah. Venus in Aquarius is? It's not really that. Mm. Um, yeah, exactly. It's, um, it does touch a little bit on what we were talking about last week on like astrology is like this exact, like the idea of doing research and thinking that empirical research will work with astrology, but it won't because of the interpretational. And Venus in Aquarius stand for so many potential different things. And sometimes that person's mood will, you know, have an effect on how they express that Venus in Aquarius as well. So there are so many different ways of that coming into life. It's really important. I find as well picking on you know picking up on what you're saying about seeing a client and not letting them go you know from the consultation room believing that oh there we go I'm poor because I got Venus Saturn <laughs> exactly yeah yeah and it also happened with transit sometimes they're going through a hard situation let's say they're going through a Pluto transit and you're trying to go deep into the meaning of what Pluto is signifying and yeah. after you've dealt with all of the death possible deaths they come out with a question so when is it going to leave? <laughs> when is it going to stop? Yeah, like, no, <laughs> exactly. no, is when is it going to stop? <laughs> Which exactly. is when is it going to end? I mean, it's a humane uh, feeling. I understand. I mean, if you're going yeah. through a difficult process, you also want to know when it's going to end. But mm. when I say I'm like, okay, yes, I understand you want to see the end, but let's just try to just try to go through the process. Yeah. Well, what I tell my clients whenever they say that, I always say, do you know what? Wrong question. The right question is not when is this going to end? The right question is what can I do with this? Exactly. Yeah, that's the question. What can I do with this? Yes. yes. I mean, sure, it's nice to think about a timeline, but it's about how can you, you know, because you're not going to go in hibernation. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, okay, it's going to are... end in 2025. All right. I'm just going to, you know, lie down and like <laughs> not do anything for these next two years or like three years. So, yeah, it is about what can you do with that? And also when you take responsibility for that, you're also taking, you're also seeing it, I don't want to say as an opportunity because of, I understand that some processes are very tough and I don't want to say, oh, you, I don't know, you got, oh, you, you got kicked off of your job and you don't know what to do. And this is an opportunity. I, I don't like that kind of approach to human uh, tribulations. Um, mm. So I don't want to say like it's an opportunity in that sense, but in some senses, um, it is true that, like it's not going to happen in your life you're going to have pluto conjunct your sun maybe mm. once in your life not even maybe once depending on your chart but mm. if you have it it's going to be only once in your chart another one i say this is an opportunity 
you know, like, ah, it's a super positive thing. It sounds like it's only positive, uh, but, it, but you could make out, you could make something out of it that may be very empowering, like you were saying. Maybe mm-hmm. years later, you will remember at that time, which was probably a dark, difficult time, but you will also see how that lets you go to a better place, right? So mm-hmm. to think just about when it's going to end, instead of what can I do with it, in a way, I yeah. think it's missing the opportunity of creating something, of doing something. Yes. Yeah, which I think is like one of the, the most useful things about astrology is knowing where you're at in your cycle, in your process. You know, I mean, um, I watched this really cute animation on Netflix yesterday. Um, I can't remember the name, but it was like a, one of those Japanese um, animations with you know this like print little princess or little nymph that's born in a bumble shoot and you know and they have this song that was really poignant poignant and I just you know just really got stuck with me because it was about the seasons and it was about dying and being reborn and you know and 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 the cyclic patterns of you know the seasons and the spring and this and that and um I think that's that's the point as well it's like astrology can really reflect to you you know, this like different stages of a cycle. And, um, and it can be really helpful to stop resenting certain steps of the cycle, you know, it's like, oh, winter is really dark. Oh, you know, I hate winter, I hate winter. And it's like, well, what can we do with winter? You know, winter is a great time to go inwards, to stay indoors, to, you know, it's dark. So it's good to look more within, you know, your psyche to do more journaling to, you know, I don't know. It's like a way of, and I guess because, I am a woman, I go through that every month, you know, and it, and it was a huge um, insight to actually look into, you know, the, the female cycle from that more empowering perspective. And then I stopped, you know, and started reprogramming myself to stop resenting when I'm my period, like, oh, no, like that mm, horrible great, you know, yeah. time. And it's like, there's something that can be done there. And it doesn't align perfectly with what Western society's values stand for, which is like a go-getter, be productive, yeah. be sociable, be out there, be achieving, you know. But there are other steps of, of the cycle. And, and it's really also um, comforting to know that it's a cycle. So it will pass. It will change. You don't have to, you know, think that this is going to be like that forever. So the idea of cycles with astrology, I think, is one of the ways that can really take us out of this very negative um, excuse, the astro's excuse. Yeah, this very excuse sort of way of working with it. Um, but um, I had another thought as well within that. Um, you know, I, I think it was Lise Green. I can't remember which one, um, one of her books as well I read, but, the, but she, she was saying, you know, how we, even us astrologers, even we, that not necessarily believe that astrology is causing anything. I mean, some astrologers might, you know, see through that perspective, you know, that astrology is, has yeah, to do with actual exactly. energies coming from the yes. planet. You know, I don't particularly see it in that way, but we still say, like, Saturn is on my ascendant. Like, like yes. there's an effect. Yeah. <laughs> Like there's a cause and effect thing rather than a reflection. So there's like, I think we even lack language. We, to, we totally lack language to speak about astrology. Yes. To put into words in a way that doesn't sound like a cause effect. Yes, so we It's do. really hard not to follow into, naturally follow into an excuse. <laughs> um, yeah. Way and, of speaking. 
I think that also happens when you're trying to to see the, to see to 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 make it um, an aspect or a transit meaningful, because also mm-hmm. you know that people want to know. So what will happen? Okay, what can I do with Pluto? So what's going to happen? So there's this idea that okay, if you work with Pluto, you're going to get your reward. You're going to get something, right? And again, mm-hmm. I think I understand we might need to think about that. But to be honest, sometimes we do, we don't know. Maybe it's mm-hmm. going to be a mess after Pluto passes. You know, it's like we promise we. We tend to promise, uh, okay, if you work with Pluto and if you work through this uh, phase of transformation, you're going to get the gold. But do we really know that's going to happen? I mean, it's like, um, mm. I don't know. I don't know. It's that like- is a good point. That is a very good point. But then again, I think that this is, we can again bring back to the topic of what we're talking about. Because I think that if you take responsibility, you get the gold. Exactly. Perhaps- I think exactly. The gold is taking responsibility sometimes. I <laughs> because agree. as soon as you take responsibility, you know, you, you, you're accountable to what's happening in your life. Um, you shift the way you see the world. You shift the way you treat people. You shift, you know. Totally, totally. And that end up, you know, improving your life. Like totally. Improving your relationships, improving. And that really has a, a Yes, exactly. Effect. What I mean, what, what I meant to say is that uh, there is this, uh, there might be this tendency sometimes to say, oh, okay, I need to accept Pluto and to accept through this transit. And it could be Pluto, Uranus or whatever, right? But I need to accept yeah. this transit because yeah. it's going to give me something greater in the end. So this yeah, kind of right. Catholic approach, like if I suffer this now, I'm going to get the reward. Yeah. And that's yeah, not yeah. taking responsibility either. That's kind of mm-hmm. just... Uh, being uh, submissive i don't know like like just surrendering which which is there is a kind of surrender that we need to do of course to greater yeah. forces but yeah. in a, there is in a, a passivity. yeah exactly exactly it's not taking responsibility in the end yeah. and like i think the, it's yeah it's like oh someone is gonna give me something like you know exactly exactly if i suffer this and, and i suffer it with dignity then somebody's <laughs> gonna give me the reward you know and that's like yeah. that's not the point i mean when we say that we need to go through the process but not that's not what we mean yes. exactly yeah we- which i think is the difference between going around and going through it going through it it's like really going through the whole process and like reflecting and then again i think that's a very psychological perspective and because we both work with psychological this is you know yeah, of course, that's true. It's a good thing to mention that it's true because it, this is our approach to astrology. Maybe some other astrologers will approach it like, yeah. okay, you just need to wait for two years and things are going to get better. You know? Yeah, or like you can wear this ring and it's exactly, going to... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's going to happen. And now, you know, I was also thinking when you were talking about the astro excuses and taking responsibility... Yeah. I'm thinking in a, if you take responsibility for your transit or your, or your chart, there's this idea of participate, participation. You are participating mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. this uh, moment or this symbolic moment in which you were born, let's say. And mm-hmm. you may be engaging with something greater, right? Something, something that's beyond your sense of, of self. And I was thinking, uh, I, once, I once attended to a seminar by Liz Hathaway, an astrologer, uh, she lives in Amsterdam. I think she's she's from Amsterdam. I think, and she she was talking about honoring this uh, this uh, 
forces that are coming into our lives. So she was talking something about the similar that she said about the ring. Not really the idea of doing a ring to prevent it, but the idea of doing some amulet or some or some ritual, I would say, mm-hmm. to remind you that you want to participate with this situation, right? Mm-hmm. And she was asked how to how to uh, how how to welcome these transits and if every every transit is important or not. And at the mm-hmm. moment, she didn't know what to answer. She, this is very she's a very um, I love it when she talks because she's always saying like, my Mercury is not very fast. So sometimes you ask me questions. I need to think, I need to reflect before I can come up with a right answer. So on the next day, we had like an open uh, talk or something. And she was saying, somebody asked me uh, what, how to approach each transit, if each transit should be approached in this way, like trying to honor this God that's coming into your life. And she said, yes. Each transit should be embraced like a hierophany, like the idea that something fantastic is coming into your world, something greater is coming into your world. And how can you engage with that? And I love that idea. Yeah, 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 I really like it as well. I mean, yeah, I really like it as well. Perhaps from my point of view, and also, I mean, it's just like this is something that I was also thinking earlier today. It's like, you know, if I, it's great to do a, a moon journaling when you're learning because the moon moves so fast and you mm-hmm. see the moon hit every single part of your chart. But then, you know, it could be really tiring to keep <laughs> honoring, you know, the moon, like every every like of two course. days and a half, it's like the moon changes sign and hits your ascendant or, or one yeah, in your course, journey. Yeah. Oh, welcome, goddess moon. I mean, that could be <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Selene. Welcome again. Welcome again. <laughs> you were here two days ago. Welcome again. Welcome again. <laughs> but I do, I do like it because, as well, like which I think most astrologers can be um, prone to that because astrologers usually have a prominent Aquarius or a prominent Uranus, and we we are prone to to dissociating and like looking everything through the planets and through astrological symbolism is a way of like distancing and being like, hmm, I'm not totally, feeling this. yes. Like I'm just feeling this way. I'll put it in a box because this is because Uranus is op- op- opposing my moon and da 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 da. And and so we we kind of distance ourselves from it, which you know can be very positive at certain times and 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 a bit pathological in other times, you know. But um, but um, I do like this idea of honoring and like this idea of participation as well i like it very much this this idea of co-creation and participating with something so rather than like oh i have to wear this ring because this ring will save me (laughs) so then you're projecting the responsibility into that ring like the ring is the savior but if you use the ring as a reminder as a way of like okay this ring is you know is is reflecting this period this year that you're you know that saturn will be over my ascendant or whatever and that for me the most creative you know personally the most creative way of manifesting the saturn on my ascendant could be you know quitting certain habits that i've been wanting to quit Mm -hmm. and you know become more crystallized in my way of relating to others because I struggle with boundaries or whatever you know I'm just saying as an example Mm -hmm. but then you put a ring and you say this ring is reminding me of these intentions that I have that relate to the symbolism of Saturn so the symbolism Saturn has like so many different potentials 
yeah, of course, you could find a different thing uh, to help you out to remind you that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the you, idea... You're always late. You're always late and you're always late and then Saturn's <laughs> coming over your ascendant. Well, that's a great time for you to like make a little ritual, you know, think about, be like, okay, I'm not going to be late for this year and I'm going to try, you know, to be punctual and... You know, you're and then responsibility. <laughs> you're reminding me once I was a, I was in therapy and I was uh, asking, I was trying to find my home and I couldn't find a place that I really liked. Uh, and I was talking, I was talking about this with my therapist because I wasn't sure if it, I was going, if I was being childish, like you don't accept actually what you can afford and you're, you're kind of being childish, you want to get something that you cannot get, or if I was respecting my desires. So I was, I was talking to her like, what does this mean? Because I, I had seen an apartment, but then I didn't like it, but then I wanted it, but it was too late. And I was like, what, what does this mean symbolically? And my therapist says, well, the first thing I think it means is that you need to keep looking for a place that you like. <laughs> Because you haven't you haven't found a place that you like, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I think is like like very grounded, you know, like very. Yeah, sometimes it's like yeah. take responsibility. It doesn't mean anything. It's just you need to yeah. do what you need. Sometimes to do. the pipe is just the pipe. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also, I was thinking before about the astro excuses. I was thinking uh, I read this somewhere, but I don't remember where I read it. Um, so there are three. There are three excuses. I think it's three. Maybe there are more, but I think it was three excuses that humanity has used through time. No, four. Right. I think it's four. Uh, one is them uh, is the biological excuse. So it's like, well, it's my DNA. What do you expect me to do? You know, it's mm -hmm. like this is who I am. It's my DNA. Uh, mm -hmm. The other one is uh, the cultural excuse. What can you expect? You know, he's from this place where they always do that. You know, which is I yeah, think yeah, yeah. like nowadays is very common. And I think yeah. it's like very dangerous, you know, suddenly you put a million people in a box, like they're all behaving the same way because they are yeah. from whatever they are from. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the other one was a psychoanalytical excuse. So it's like, it's my parents. My parents are guilty oh, because yeah. the way they raised yeah. me, you know, it's like uh, yeah. they didn't. <laughs> and now we got the astrological excuse, which is, it's not yeah. my fault. It's my, it's my planet. I mean. Yeah, it's my Saturn in the first house. Is my whatever it is in whatever whatever it is right? Good point. Yes, I can totally see that. I mean, to say is my G DNA is another way of saying is my astrology blueprint as well, isn't it? It's like completely. Oh, that's what I'm made of. <laughs> completely. Yes. Yes. It's there. It's yeah. it's terrible. But the question is why? Why do we do this? Why do we do these such excuses? Mm. I guess. Again, it's like it is a fine line, isn't it? Because if you are an Aquarius, you're definitely not a Scorpio, you know? So some of the main topics that will be important to you, or like, you know, if you think about the sun, the sun is your hero's journey. So your hero's journey will have an Aquarian outlook. It won't have a Scorpionic outlook unless you're a sun Pluto or a sun in mm -hmm. the eighth house or whatever. So there are certain things that are there and they're not meant to be excuses they're just coloring they're just giving a certain flavor to mm. you but i think it becomes an excuse when it's used in this way of like oh you know the victimization and and, and we can always be aware when we're beginning to do that we become a bit whingy and like complaining and it's like oh yeah it's not fair like life isn't fair you know it's like <laughs> it's, 
my Venus. I should have been. I should have been a Sagittarius. Yeah. <laughs> I should have Jupiter in the first. Come on, who gave me this chart? <laughs> you know, it happens sometimes. Like when you when you look at some charts, do you get planetary envy? Like you look at some charts and you look, oh God, this person has. Look at this sun. Huh? Like every time I see people from the people that are sun, Leo's Leo sun. I'm like, oh God, look at this guy, he has a Leo son. I feel so envious. <laughs> I wish I had that. I don't know if I, maybe like, do I like, yeah, maybe, yes. So some people with the Venus in Leo, I mean, I really envy their like, um, <laughs> their like confidence. I mean, it's a little bit of an actual, it's not the same as an actual excuse, but it's kind of, it goes on the same line, you know, like, oh, I didn't yeah. get the sun in Leo. So that's why I'm this way I am. And I'm like, yeah, I will never shine. <laughs> it's, just like a, it's just like, okay, I'm aware. Like I gotta, you know, work on this, you know, and, and it's okay. Like, I, you know, but I do like think, wow, it comes so easy for them, you know, to be like looking at themselves in a the mirror, like not picking themselves apart. It's like, wow, you don't do that. Like, <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> and they're like looking in the mirror, like, wow, like I look amazing. I'm great. Like, fuck, you know, <laughs> I wish I had like half of that, you know. Um, but the thing is as well, they can be a source of inspiration, you know. And yeah. this is like, uh, an interesting way of seeing it as well that we all have our place in the world and that's why we all have our unique charts and our unique patterns and our unique ways of manifesting those patterns because you know of our cultural background and whatever whatever not to use it as an excuse oh, no, of <laughs> course. as part of our composition as part of like what makes us a, a, our identity and so our role is to express that in the world somehow is to find a way of expressing that and so people can serve, you know, can serve as as, as inspiration, I suppose. I don't know. Um, yeah. You, know, you see that those Leonine planets. <laughs> For some reason, we just chose the Leonine planets. <laughs> we both chose Leo planets, yeah. Yeah, but it's true. I think, I, I think it's very interesting what you said about this thin line between accepting your cultural background, your history, mm. your mm. DNA, let's say, your mm. chart. And because because it's true that it's your parents, a, your parents <laughs> exactly the way they raised you. That's a very hard one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true that there is a thin line between kind of accepting that, even I would say honoring that, and mm. not just simply you see that as an excuse, like making something creative out of it. Because it's true that also if you just deny that, if you if you deny, like, yeah. oh no, that's that, I don't care. I'm not a son in Leo. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something, and I'm gonna do something brilliant, and everybody's gonna see me, and everybody. Then you might be feel frustrated because maybe it's not who yeah. you are, and that's when you know that's when people don't like astrology, like like when it becomes deterministic. So they're like, oh no, astrology is, is a bad thing because it doesn't give you freedom to act. And yeah. you know, it's like from we, we can go from one extreme to the other. Like the astral excuse, I cannot do anything because I'm uh, I got this chart. And then the other thing is, no, I will never use astrology because what's this? Come on, you're not going to tell me who I am. I can be whatever I yeah. want to be. Yeah, exactly. It's the two extremes, isn't it? I mean, yeah. No, totally not. It's more like a guideline, isn't it? It's like a kind of a guideline. Yeah. And and, and that's why I think it's extremely important to talk to your client. You can't look at a chart and say, oh, yeah, this is the chart of someone that's very confident and someone that's really this mm. and really that and it's like you don't know because you don't know how they're you know 
all of the other influences have shaped the their worldview. I think their worldview will be very, very much key on how they're gonna project the astrological yeah. symbolism into the world, like how they're gonna express all of that. And yeah. And so whenever you see yourself, catch yourself giving an asterisk excuse, saying, oh, that's because, you know, oh, my love life is terrible because I've got Saturn square Venus, you know. Well, think again <laughs> <laughs> and find another way of phrasing mm -hmm. that because that Venus Saturn doesn't necessarily mean that your love life isn't lucky, but that somehow within you, you might not believe that you're lovable. And this might create a more negative, you know, um, um, pattern connected to that Saturn um, Venus aspect. But it doesn't mean that this is it, this is fated, and that's the only way you have to experience, you know. I mean, a Saturn Venus can be tremendously loyal. Exactly. Um, it could actually mean like a long lasting relationship. Exactly. Which exactly. is something that a lot of people struggle to find. Exactly. Because they immediately feel suffocated classic relationships or a love for the classic you know if someone has yeah. venus in capricorn in the fifth house i think about them playing classical music you know playing the violin like for them just to do a little painting or some sculpture won't do they need to do something that's classic that's respected over time you know that whole saturnian thing so it's the same venus saturn you know it's love things that are like have passed the test of time and that Absolutely. includes relationships as well as objects and and you know whenever we think about when we think about venus so it comes down to how you do that how you connect these two planets because you're the common denominator all of the planets and all of the different splits that the planets represent. I mean, the common denominator for all of that is you. <laughs> yeah, completely. And also because you start creating up these, um, I don't want to say they're lies because they are your experience, of course, but this kind of, um, not fake, but not, I would say, uh, incomplete ideas of who you are. It's not, it's not everything there is. There's more to that. Limited. Uh, yeah, yeah, limited. So you get, you get stuck with that limited idea and you keep repeating that, you start believing it. Yeah. So it's interesting to try to rephrase it in a way that you can work with it instead of being yeah, subjugated. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's why I like brainstorming. And that's why I also find it really difficult to work with clients doing written reports. Every now and then oh, someone yeah. comes up asking me to do a written report and I'm like, oh really like <laughs> and there's so much more that like we can discuss because, uh, i don't have venus yeah. leo i don't i don't need to be myself all the time let's just interact <laughs> otherwise it's just me shining and let's just do it in a different way exactly <laughs> i've got mercury uranus i'm very lazy i need to because better to just be faster. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's an excuse. Yeah, fantastic. So, what are we talking about next week? So, next week we're going to be talking about how. So, being a, one of our listeners, have uh, got in touch and asked if we could talk more about how do we navigate difficult configurations in consultations. So, how do we talk about these difficult? aspects or configurations in a natal chart when we're talking to a client mm. good interesting yeah i think it really links yeah. to this uh to this subject 
Yeah. Yeah, it does really relate, doesn't it? Because I feel like we already spoke a little bit about that. Because it can be very easy to approach a difficult subject by making it sound like, like okay, I don't want to start talking about the next podcast. I'm going to keep yeah, it for, no. the, for <laughs> next <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> but it is a very good one. Maybe we can even like talk about a few examples of like classic difficult um yeah let's do that yes or even like our experience with like clients like the you know challenging charts you know sometimes in my face no i was gonna say if you don't mind me doing the little advertisement i'm actually going to i didn't think about it before but this uh, saturday i'm going to be giving a seminar at the faculty about uh, hard aspects and how to make the the most of it actually nice so i will get maybe some ideas from there also for next wednesday nice nice and if anybody wants to come uh, you just join in uh, through the faculty's webpage very good i'm also giving a talk on sunday then like once we're doing ah, this, nice. this sunday i'm giving a talk about the ic and where is home oh <laughs> yeah and i need to go like... there because it's one of my <laughs> most important themes in my chart that i don't have a home yes in a moment yeah see that's it we're talking about the ic because that's what's being very emphasized as well and i applied for that talk so i decided to talk about that so yeah if you're interested go on the website i think afan.org i I'm, yeah. I'm not entirely sure but um but yeah it's the sunday 1 30 new york time which i think it's 6 30 uk time no no but google will <laughs> google will <laughs> know. that and you will you can say now great <laughs> and also if you want to send us an email uh, just uh, about anything also if yeah. you want to send a chart that you would like to look at maybe yes. chart or the chart of somebody famous that you're interested in yeah we won't review your identity and we won't review your data as well don't worry but if you think you have a very difficult aspect there that you really struggle with looking into it from a more positive outlook send it to us we can use that chart next wednesday yeah it would be amazing the email is astrology for the outcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Send a write us, um, drop us a line. It would be great. Yeah. Great. All right. All cool. right. See you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. I thought you were going to say something. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, well, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See you. Everybody. In the matrix. Ciao. <laughs> see you Wednesday. Bye bye. Bye.